The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Hello, I'm Vern Davis, and I'm your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. And I am really honored today. Uh, my guest today is the youngest black dispensary owner in the country. We, we should almost say that twice. The youngest black dispensary owner in the country. A recent feature proclaimed him the epitome of a self-made businessman who created his own opportunities. That's a great American story, and I want you all to welcome uh, today on our show Shaywoon Adedeje, and he is the CEO and founder of Elevate Cannabis. And Elevate is E-L-E-V with the number eight, cannabis. Good morning. How are you, Shaywoon? Looking forward to having this conversation with you. Thank you so much for having me on and good morning to you too. I love the energy when I jumped on here. You guys are, y'all made me laugh and smile this morning. So thank you for that. That was it. That was hey good. man, hey, if it if it slows down, let me know because we want to keep it rolling. Okay. Okay. Let's keep it rolling. That's great. Well, look, what I said at the beginning of this show about you, uh, it's very three sentences. Uh, but it's very impactful and very important. And I want people to understand who you are and what you've done and what you are doing. And that's the purpose of our conversation uh, today. And I know that you are here in America, but you originate from Africa. Uh, you actually, you came from Africa at a very young age and and uh, to the United States, to South Chicago, et cetera. And we'll talk about that. But um, Shay Wound, uh, do you remember Nigeria, where you originally are from? Do you remember that back in the day? I'm sure you may have gone back, but at the early part of your life. Absolutely. Uh, that's what drives me to hustle so hard is uh, yeah. one of the reasons why I work so hard is because I tell people as much as the United States is not perfect, I've been, I lived in a third world country before and I've seen poverty at a mastery level and I've seen lack of access to education on a different level than most of us here in the United States experience. So it, it, it's one of my driving force to really want to work as hard as I do today um, knowing that, you know, in, in a third world country, it's politicians. They rule it all. You say sure. the wrong thing, you die. You yeah. know, no, there's no if and but. No. Uh, y'all, y'all in America, y'all got freedom of speech. I'm excited for y'all. I'm just like, oh, I can, I can talk? Great. Um, you know, so I, I think that having lived that lifestyle where you see uh, the world in a different light and you come to a place like the United States, well, once again, it's not perfect, right. but the opportunity if you leverage and you hustle and you and you know who you are and you have a purpose, uh, the 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 opportunity is there compared to a third world country where 
is either you're rich or poor. Period. Yeah. Well, there's no in between. It's correct. And yeah. and uh, hey, uh, this is the the land of dreams and where it can come true. Right. That's that's what we're supposed to rep- represent. And I think that's 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 awesome. And and here I am talking to someone who's who's living proof of that. And um, I want to know about. Uh, because of where you are, you, you there's a foundation there. Tell me about your parents. Yeah, uh, so I I moved to uh, Chicago, Illinois, at the age of three, turning four, and okay. I came out and I lived with my stepmom, and okay. my dad was already here, so I lived with my dad. My dad yeah. was a hardworking man. He was yeah. he was honestly just a, a hustler. He uh, he owned a trucking company. He was a truck driver. Okay. Uh, then he, um, you know, and my stepmom, she, she worked. Um, she was, you know, I, I lived in a not so wholesome home. If you yeah. ever watched Cinderella, if there was a male figure, I was Cinderella. <laughs> and um, my stepmom was the uh, stepwoman. Uh, her so okay. Was, uh, you know, so it was an interesting dynamic and, uh, but I thank her today. Honestly, I would not be the man that I am. I wouldn't have the type of empathy that I have if it was not for her. So as as much as my childhood was hard, sure. and, um, it, it, it was definitely something that uh, molded me to be who I am today. Yeah. Um, so your dad owned his own business? Yeah, he did. He was uh, he was a tr- he owned a trucking company. So entrepreneurialism, that's where you know when you think about it, that's where that mindset. You saw a man; he have to work hard, right? He had to do a lot of different things. He took chances, Absolutely. good days and bad days, right? Absolutely, one of the hardest working men that I've seen. He's definitely a hustler. Um, and, and what happened was his company; um, they, he yeah. got into an accident. And doing that, that's when I started learning that, you know, you got to get good insurance, you know, got yeah. into an accident. And when you usually work with big corporations, there's, there's ways where they take care of you, they compensate. But as a business owner, that definitely was devastating because all his trucks broke down. He got into an accident mm-hmm. and there was no revenue coming in. So that definitely put us in hard times. And I looked at that and I said, I never want to be in this position ever in my life. Yeah. So, man, that's a powerful message uh, there. And and he was so he was role modeling uh, the, the, the good times. You saw the good times and you saw the bad times. So you you, you learn how to deal with both. Now, you went to from south side of Chicago. When did you guys move to Texas? Yeah, so Southside Chicago, we stayed there till I was like, I was young. I was about five, six. We moved to Joliet, then we moved to Bolingbrook. Um, okay. And after that, when I got arrested for marijuana possession at the age of 13, I was 13? At 13, I got arrested. Most people would not look at me. I, I was I was I was one of those bad kids. I was I got kicked out of every school. Okay. Um, I, I I got suspended. I I was I was a kid because you know. My family at the time when my dad got into that accident, it put us in a financial difficulty. Yeah. And so I never wanted them to worry about me. And, and I saw him like, you know, hurting. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do whatever it takes to really just go out there and just hustle for myself. I don't really need to rely on them uh, to make money. So I was a kid, you know, shuffle snow, like if I needed to in the wintertime, mm-hmm. you know how cold it gets out there in Illinois. Uh, yeah. 
know, uh, rape, leaves, um, you know, do whatever I needed to do to make some uh, residual income. Um, after that, I also was the candy man in school. I had a duffel bag of candy. The cafeteria ladies uh, markup was extraordinary. And uh-huh. Undercut them, and you know the kids knew me as a candy man. I was like, I used to go at the kids like, bro, I know you like Alexis. I got some gum for you. What's up? <laughs> that was your. That's it. <laughs> so how? Did, <laughs> so you you became the real candy man. I really at did. school. Now, how old were you then? Was that during that? I was, I was in like sixth, seventh grade. Okay. I, I'm always like an entrepreneur. I, I hate relying uh, on people. Yeah. I, I, I just hate like, you know, relying on people because you get disappointed. So I feel like, you know what, I'm just going to write my own destiny with my hands. I believe in the blank page. So yeah. um, I just, yeah, I just, I just kept, I, I was just a hustler. I just, I just kept, you know, selling candy. I found out that there was more profit margins in cannabis. So yeah. I selling cannabis. When did and- you actually, let's go there. When did you actually... Uh, start working the plant. When did you? When did you actually start? Start actually selling candy because you sold candy first, which is yeah. so crazy. And, and then, and then you. When did you start doing cannabis? I I was I think it was in about seventh grade. I've been around cannabis. Uh, yeah. It was sixth and seventh grade. I've been around cannabis. My brothers uh, use cannabis heavily. Okay. Uh, I've been around it, but I never really partake. Um, okay. So when I wanted one, one of my friends was actually growing. I'll never forget this. He was growing in his house. He was in high school. Okay. Middle school. Him and his uh, his brother. Um, me and him were friends. We went to the same school. And his brother was like, "Look, bro, I got some weed. I can spot y'all product. If y'all want to make some money." I was looking at him. I was like, "Oh, I can make some money." Yeah. Like, give me the product. That was the magic words for you. Yeah, that was magic words. And I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm always looking at creative ways to make money. So at then, it just seemed like a, you know, it was, it it seemed like a straightforward answer for me. So I was like, absolutely, I will be your distributor, period. And that's, so that's the beginning. That was the beginning. Friend's house, good friend, brother. And you made the decision that that was a road to money. Exactly. And that's how it began. That's Unbelievable. How it began. That, well, you know, that's, that's very interesting. Shay Woon, we're going to take a break. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. And I'm here today hanging out with Shay Woon. And he is the CEO and founder of Elevate Cannabis. And we're going to learn more about that in a few minutes. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. 
SmartPots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, SmartPots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? SmartPots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million SmartPots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for SmartPots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits uh, is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. And I'm here today with Shea Woon Adedeje. And he is the CEO and the founder of Elevate Cannabis and we're in this conversation, and we're about to get into Elevate Aid. So I want to know about the name, okay? Because I'm sure there's a story behind the name and the vision of that business. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I came up with the name because Elevate is something that I've always, the name Elevate is something I always resonated with. It's like, you just get uplifted. I'm an uplifted person. I'm an elevated person. If you're around me, my energy is contagious because I just love, I see life differently and I just love life. So uh, Elevate came about um, because I wanted to create generational wealth, not just for myself, but for everyone that looked like me. I noticed that there was a wealth gap within our community. Mm-hmm. I noticed that there was a dis, uh, uh, African-Americans were disproportionately affected by the war on drugs. And Absolutely. I noticed that there was only less than 1% African-American ownership when I got started. Now, that's interesting because the, 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 the statistics that I see is 4.3%. Yeah, right. I started my journey. It, yeah. it went up a little bit, but okay. still, when you look at the when you look at just the um, just the overall arrest rate, African Americans arrested at four point five percent more likely to be arrested for marijuana possession, right? And yes, and, and the consumption of marijuana per rate on average is more in the white community. One hundred percent correct. correct. So I started looking at this and I'm like, okay, this is, there there, there has to be, there has to be something. I didn't see people that look like me really being represented in this industry. So I set out to, uh, on a journey to really change that. And one of the few things that I discovered during this journey was one, how heavily capitalized you need to be in order to get into the cannabis industry is no Just to open a cannabis retail dispensary, you need about a million dollars to successfully open a retail cannabis business. One location? One location. Shea Woon, a million dollars. One million dollars to successfully open a retail cannabis dispensary. If I had a million dollars to put into cannabis opening a dispensary, how long would it take me? Even though I got the money, how long would it take me to do it? Two to three years. That's why it costs so much. Okay. 
Now, keep in mind, that's not, it, it could cost even more than that. But on average, depending yeah. on the state that you're in, okay, million dollars. So right? why did you choose Oregon? Oregon, uh, one, they didn't have a residency requirement. Okay. Two, um, Oregon had unlimited licenses. Okay. So that became a little bit more, um, it, it became more favorable to me because the state I was in, Washington State, didn't basically, um, there, there were a lottery market, so they give out a limited amount of licenses. So I started my journey in Oregon um, and I got rejected for about two years. Um, because the first thing you need to do to get into the cannabis industry, one, you need to read the state law, understand the law. Yeah. Two, understand <laughs> the city law. Once you understand those things, you're what you, you that's weapon. That's your Bible. That's that's how you need to then structure your uh-huh. path forward. Okay. Because now once you have the knowledge, you know, okay, I gotta get. A to get to B to get to C. C. You know yeah. exactly the steps that's needed for them to not deny you access to this emerging market. And um, so one of the things I did was I tell people I became my COE. And what that means is chief of everything. Okay. I did everything. I was my attorney, my COO, CFO. Mm-hmm. I did it. The and- COE. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I was. And I was not, you know, I started the journey. I didn't even have a mill. Honestly, I only had $50,000. Right. And I worked a nine to five. I worked for a corporation. I made them a ton of money. Uh I felt undervalued. I didn't feel like I I turned, you know, failing retail stores. And when I got there, they started succeeding. We beat best month in business every time. Uh So I'm like, damn, I have a value. I have an, I'm, I'm, I'm an asset, but I didn't valued. So I wanted to. That's good. That's good. So you found out you again, you're getting confidence, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you know that I can run a business. Boom. Yes. When I worked for this corporation, I started seeing the numbers I was doing from past months to like when someone else managed it and see what they did compared to when I started managing it. And I'm getting this, you know, stores to be like top sales uh, stores in our district or doing different things. I started thinking to myself, I said, you know what? I don't have enough money, but I have a skill set that's valuable, right? And I bet on my skill set. So I knew I didn't have money, but I had the skill set. Why a dispensary and not a growing facility? Because I cannot grow to save my life. And I'll okay. <laughs> That's um, the truth. And just, the truth. Um, I did not put the time, nor do I want to put the time. I tell okay. people, you got to find your purpose and your passion. Everyone right. tries to do things that they're not, they, like find like what, I tell people, if you're going to get in the cannabis industry, yeah. Industry so new, it needs everything. You can use your current skill set and make money in the cannabis industry. There's only 33 states in the United States with some type of cannabis legalization. There's 50 states in the United States. There's only yeah. 11 states with recreational marijuana legalization. Opportunities unlimited. Exactly. It's big. It's big. Exactly. Now, what is the vision for your business? Where are you going? Where are you now and where are you going? Yes. So right now we're a multi-state operator. We're the okay. largest outside of Viola. We become the largest African, second largest African American owned um, chain in the United States. Okay. Um, when you look at our vision, our vision is to continue to elevate our community. And one of the ways that I we're doing it. that is by 
turn it like, you know, people say, Shane, when you're successful, I do not define success as me becoming wealthy. I uh-huh. define success as how many people have I been able to turn into multimillionaires. So that's yeah. my passion. That's my purpose. I okay. want to use this cannabis industry to bring our people out of poverty mindset into more of a wealth and sustainable uh, lifestyle. I, I look at, you know, being um, living in the position that I've lived in, it gives me different perspective. I've also had the opportunity to help craft legalization bills in states um, that were looking to uh, become uh, legal. One of the states that we helped and we lobbied in um, to make it more inclusive, even though it did not turn out the way we intended, was we lobbied to remove real estate as a criteria for cannabis legalization. It needs to go because right now, when you look at uh, Boston, perfect example, yes. they have, they're giving out 80 licenses in Boston. Boston has 800,000 uh, in population mm-hmm. with 80 licenses. When now buildings are restricted, so you have to be in a certain zone to get your business going. You have to be a thousand five hundred square footage from a K two twelve grade. You have to be a thousand square footage away from another existing dispensary. And what then happens is you, you your property um, uh, where you can actually put your business decrease. So people are paying anywhere from like a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand a month in Boston in the hopes of winning a license. And earlier I told you that it takes about two to three years to yeah. get your business going. Yeah. So imagine paying that for two to three years in the hopes of winning a license. It puts our people at a huge disadvantage. It does yeah. not give us the opportunity to really create generational wealth. So in Illinois, we lobbied for real estate to be removed. We also lobbied for a $35 million revolving loan, which they granted. Now the, the license just came out they're giving out 75 and it's not equitable because the, the way the intentions of the bill, the way it was written, um, there was a lot of loopholes. Um, it's disappointing, but at the same time, I know that we're going to get, we, we're going to get it fixed. Um, now, second, we're working with Oregon to make a social equity um, run uh, mm-hmm. to get more uh, people of color into the cannabis industry. And we're trying to bring what we did in Illinois to Oregon. How many dispensaries do you have now? Four. Okay, and you have Oregon and Massachusetts. We and Mass- have- you, do you have three in Mass? Exactly. Yeah. So our, our first one is opening this month. So uh, that's great. After two years and 10 months, uh, you, you just imagine what I've been spending. But outside of the cannabis industry, I diversified my portfolio. So I own a real estate company. So each of my uh, dispensary, um, we have properties in downtown Massachusetts. Okay. We own them outright. Okay. Well, smart man. That That's the way to do it. If you're going to get in an expensive business, you got to start owning part of the value chain. And, and that is what you're doing. And that's awesome. I really love the time that we spent together, uh, Shay Woon. I really, I really do. You have a, a tremendous story to tell, and this is not enough time to tell it. And we got to keep talking, you and I, about what you're doing and we're going to do whatever we can to help you. You can come here and talk about what's happening in your business and what you're doing in social equity. This is a good place for you. So thank you for showing up here today. And uh, I, I've spent my time today with with uh, a, a young man who's the youngest black dispensary owner. Now we know he owns four dispensaries and it is growing. He's a multi-state operator uh, in the cannabis space. Shay Woon. Shay Woon Adediji is the CEO and founder of Elevate 8. And uh, thank you uh, for, for being our guest today. Thank you all for joining us. 
I am Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And you can download episodes of Plant Profits uh, by going on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis Radio is is my partner here, and they're amazing. Uh, we have amazing relationship. They're great people to work with. Or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast portals, you can find Plant Profits. Follow Protus Global. Protus Global is a people solutions business. You can follow us through all the social networks, including LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You know, we're everywhere. Finally, learn more about how we at Protus Global People Solutions are building companies and change. We have a social equity panel. Protus Global, we have a social equity panel. Protus The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.